You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm your other host, Michael Edwards, out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. So episode 17, we've got a lot of news about Spotify and music streaming in general. And um, and in the end, even we've got a little bit of controversial pick of the week. So maybe this is going to be a very word heavy episode. A lot more interesting, maybe, than just us going, good pick. Yes, you yeah, too. Yeah, this is great. I love it. Yeah. Today we're going to have our first fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But let's start with the with the usual follow up, our weekly title update. Yes, as usual, we have to have some title update, and uh, this this update is a uh, maybe one of the first reviews of title, at least the first one I've seen. And uh, this is from Tech Radar. So just right off the bat, we've got tech people reviewing music, um, and this was a pretty glowing review. Um, they gave it you know four and a half stars out of five. And they, they praise the sound quality, of course, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, excellent apps, HD music videos, which, you know, is unavailable anywhere else. And uh, easy music discovery, another tough problem on the internet is finding music. Um, and then, you know, the knocks were 20 bucks a month, gaps in the library, and a bad search. Also problems that aren't solved elsewhere on the internet. <laughs> um Anyway, uh, so this is a long review, and I actually didn't read all of it, but I did get to the sound quality part because that's the the axe we always have to grind. Yeah. And uh, I read through it, and and it was just uh, praising the the lossless quality uh, left and right. And I was about to get mad. I had my keyboard out, and I'm like, "All right, a, <laughs> a giant angry internet comment is about to come out of me." And then when I went to the comments, I scrolled down, and the second main level comment is a good guy, Greg, that posted about 10 paragraphs about how lossless audio is basically pointless for listening. Right, right. So at that point, I was able to put down the pitchfork and go, the work has already been accomplished. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> the situation hasn't really been disarmed. If you look at the next level comment, the first one is, please remove the rust from your ears. There are a huge difference between MP3 and flag files and a few other more people who are of the same opinion so um yeah we've got this good guy greg and he he has been upvoted enough to to have his comment at the second place but some of the responses to him still pretty um yeah pseudo audio file there it just drifts into anecdote so quickly though because they're like nah man it's in the symbols man i just i hear it man and no you don't you just think you do or <laughs> yeah and then it also just kind of drifts to, well, you got to have the right equipment and a good amp and be in a quiet environment. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I do want to have like an amazing listening room someday and then I'll invest in good equipment. But I don't know. I, I just, I believe the science on this. I, I really don't <laughs> think you need lossless other unless you want to store it to be transcoded <laughs> or you, or do some other interesting production side things. Right. Yeah, and one of the uh, responses just now uh, also is, so to the guy who said that he could hear the difference between MP3 and Flag, somebody else said, there's just too few of you that care about this difference to make it mainstream success. So 
while he's still of the opinion that he could hear some things that he can't hear, he is right in the fact that there's so few people who believe who can hear this. Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be mainstream soon unless people are uh, they, they start to to brainwash everyone about this, and um, that depends on the marketing strategies. How how easy can people be manipulated thinking that flag is definitely? The, I mean, people who are listening on their shitty iPhone headphones. That's what um, I was just going to bring up. Is that I see so many people just playing stuff through their speaker on their tiny smartphone. Or like yeah. through these like jam boxes that are very tinny and I, and even even the larger ones just kind of sound terrible if you're talking about like having a premium audio experience. So like why would I subscribe to twenty dollar a month title and then play it through crappy, terrible speakers? Because they probably don't know that those crappy speakers don't translate whatever you're playing through them. So <laughs> if the marketing's on enough, I think people are would invest in it, even if they because they had no idea that they can't actually listen to listen to the difference uh, or hear the difference, even if it was there. I feel like I'm. This is how bad my memory is right now. I think I did reply to a comment on this. There might have been a different article, but someone said, "How come people trust their eyes?" So when HD video came out, they believed that it looked better, and they don't believe that about title sound quality. And I said, I, my response was. Actually, a better analogy would be someone claiming that ultraviolet spectrum light being included in yeah, Blu-rays right. would, you know, in the, the increase the visual quality. And really, no, you can't see that. Right. Stop it. <laughs> and and even with HD, um, a lot of times you, I, I've been to people's homes where uh, at the time where HD televisions uh, became affordable enough for you to buy actually buy one, and. Um, Problem is that their cable was still in SD, so um, they are actually they were not getting an HD signal, but still were spouting about, oh, look at this, we've got an HD television now. Look how crisp everything looks, and you get close and you notice that it's so horribly upscaled because it was like the first generation, not even 1080p, and so even yeah, people have trusted their eyes and they were wrong about HD television, at least some of them. <laughs> Turns out we're easy to trick. Right, so that's that's what I'm thinking. So if you hammer it down enough that uh, flag is the, the be-all, end-all music quality, enough people are going to believe it, even, even if they don't have the equipment to actually hear the difference, if there was one. <laughs> well, maybe if you were listening to ska music, you would really need yeah, probably. Yeah, you can, you can really hear it in the trumpets. Uh, so there was also something about Jack White. Tell me about this. Yeah, Jack White defended title in an interview. He let, did like a Q&A session there. And uh, there's just, I mean, he, he was defending it. Uh, we've heard all of the arguments before, but there's just one one part that I wanted to mention. <clears throat> Some point he mentioned that people know that it costs a lot of money to make a superhero movie, but they don't know that it costs a million, uh, that, that it costs millions to make a country album too. Millions to make an album. Yeah, millions. A country album. I don't even know where to start. I mean, is he including like marketing campaigns and tour? Like, w yeah, that could be. I, I think I think that may be it. But yeah, the album itself, the recording itself, I'm. I don't think. I don't think so. 
Yeah. Especially, uh, I mean, not to, not to shit on his music. I, I like the White Stripes band. Um, he's always had this kind of raw and minimalistic vibe that you don't need a lot of processing to get the sound that he gets. So, um, it's, you could probably direct, uh, record him directly to tape and leave it at that and it would sound great and everybody would listen to it because it's a Jack White album and that's how it's supposed to sound like. But you don't need to get, you don't need to spend millions to get to that sound. Yeah, definitely not. And it might even get in the way of you getting to that sound. Like, yeah, I could imagine that weird '80s movie, Brewster's Millions. Um, it's uh in that movie, the guy gets thirty million dollars and he has to spend it in thirty days, or he loses everything. <laughs> it's like Brewster's Millions album recording. Um, <laughs> so moving on from title, we've got a ton of Spotify news. They they are um they they're coming out with a lot of new stuff, but. In addition to their new stuff, which we'll get to, there was also probably something they didn't want released, which was uh, their contract with Sony, which kind of exposes you to the hardball world of the music labels and and how kind of insane the deals they're getting are and maybe answer some questions about why artists get paid so terribly. Yeah. Short answer, Sony music. (laughs) Long answer... Open up the article. There's a there are a lot of formulas. I I really can't process all the all those numbers. Yeah. I read this article two days ago, and I still gotta refresh myself on how, what even is going on here. So a couple of things are going on. Number one, they have what's called a most favored nation clause, and uh, in short, what that means in in contracts is if you give anyone else a better deal, you have to give us that deal too, and. Uh, I mean, uh, Apple's got some of that going on with their app store, or um, I think it's with uh, it was it was in their book stuff when they got in trouble for books. But they said whatever price you charge elsewhere, you have to include in us. Um, I'm also thinking of uh, some of their app content. I think is is under a most favored nation clause too. Of like, you can't charge less outside of the store than what you charge here. I wonder if if that um I mean my the music from the Astray is on iTunes for I think ten dollars the album, but you can get it for free on Bandcamp. So if they knew that, would they kick me out of the store for that? I mean my distributor yeah. set the price. I have no control over this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they do it for music, but I've definitely heard about it for certain apps and uh huh. some other situations. Um so basically that means Sony gets a good deal and then if uh, some other label negotiates even better with Spotify, Sony gets loop- looped into that and they don't have to renegotiate the whole contract to get that advantage. Um, so they, they have some big bar charts that don't really actually help you understand it any better. No. But So that's one thing. The other thing is advertising on Spotify. And uh, in their mm-hmm. deal, Sony gets access to cheaper ad spots and part of the clause is that Sony can resell these ad spots to anyone they want. So it's sort of like almost going like pre-IPO stock. It's like they get these ads at a super discount, sell them, and then they still get other ad space, free ad space from Spotify to promote their own artists. So it's sort of like they did, I don't know, they're finding every single angle possible to fuck Spotify. And uh, yep. just because Spotify has to have all the music or else people will leave. And 
at least right now. And maybe some of their new announcements we'll get to might help a little, might help uh, give them some traction. Um, I see some uh, comparisons to Netflix, but we'll get to that. Let's, let's keep uh, complaining about Sony. Um, let's see, what else do we got here? Yeah, the, the other big kicker is, um, I mean, it's to be expected. Nobody's going to be surprised, but um, all this money they are raking in, you can bet that a lot of that is not going to the artists. In fact, most of it is not going to the artists. Yep. It's this old typical thing of the music label rakes in the money and uh, music. I mean, it, most of most of the times I think album produ- production and all that is the, the artist gets paid in advance and they have to just make the album with that available money. And if they if they don't, it's their problem if they... If they can get along with the money, they've got something to spare. But um, and in fact, that's it then. And yeah, with the Spotify deal, the artist isn't really getting anything out of that. It's yeah. just Sony itself. I think there's there's two aspects that lead to artists being screwed here. One of them is a lot of them are under sort of CD era contracts. So they, they only get about 15% of streaming revenue. So if Sony makes a ton of money off them and barely any gets to them through that. The other thing is in this article, it says about 80% of Spotify's revenue flows straight out of Spotify and straight to rights holders. And uh, the, the quote here from the former CEO of eMusic is, you can't squeeze blood from a stone. And so basically, so much money leaves Spotify and it's up to the discretion of the labels that you really can't blame Spotify anymore. So there was a lot of bad blood at first. And, you know, like when some artists like Taylor Swift and some others uh, left Spotify, it was like this big publicity moment of like, yeah, fuck Spotify. They're horrible. They don't pay artists. And it's actually, no, the labels don't pay artists. <laughs> yep. Yep. You can, on- you can only blame Spotify and that they want Sony Music to be yeah. on Spotify. So people are actually using it. But... It's not Spotify who made the deal. They pretty yeah. much have to, have to deal with whatever Sony wants them to do at this point. Yeah, I don't know what leverage Spotify really has unless yeah. unless the labels got scared enough of Apple or someone else to make a better deal with Spotify. Yeah. And also, this is just Sony. We don't know yet how what kind of deals they maybe have with other with the other big music labels like EMI or I don't know Universal some of those are probably merged already, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah we don't but, know what, what's happening there. And so there's a lot of money that's going straight to the big labels. And now we know, all know what we can complain about or who we can complain about. Yeah. And uh, they had the actual contract in this article, but Sony basically threatened them with legal action to take it down. And yeah. so it's no longer part of the article, but all the details they gleaned from it are in the article. And still. if, and if you use your Google Foo, you will probably be able to find somewhere. Yeah, there, there's never been a time where something showed up on the internet and then disappeared. Is Barbara Streisand on Sony Music? <laughs> uh, so that's the bad news for Spotify, though maybe it, it gives supporters some ammo to say, oh, it's not really Spotify's fault. Um, but nonetheless, they are kind of pinned down by labels and can't really probably do much. Um, but there were some interesting news. Oh, wait, so there's this uh, freemium rumor. You want to explain this one? Yeah, so um, after all this Sony thing and a, a lot of other rumors that were going on, it was rumored that the freemium model income um, 
and Spotify would completely close down. So there would be no more free usage, or at least it was, it would be limited to, it said here, three months for non, so, so you had a, basically a trial time for 30, uh, not 30 days for three months. And Spotify denied those claims and said, no, our freemium is going to stay freemium. There's nothing going to change. And um, so if you heard those rumors, everything's going to stay the same. You don't have to share any Facebook posts to get Spotify to stay the way it is. And um, and I just remembered that, uh, do you remember in the early days where if you had free Spotify, you could use up your time. So you had this little bar that would slowly decrease and it was empty. You couldn't really listen to music anymore until it recharged the next week. <laughs> I don't think I was that early on Spotify. I remember... No. Well, I do remember Spotify before they had all this uh, label music. There was a, it was more like a service where you would upload your own music for streaming. Then maybe that was just a thing for Europe or Germany. Yeah. <clears throat> so we, we, we actually really had, you, you signed up and you had, I think, five, five hours you could listen to. And every week you would get two hours back. So, and, and that, that would recharge up to 10 hours. So you couldn't really save more than 10 hours. And I would uh, usually go through those 10 hours in two days. Um, so that was the moment where you had a lot of alt accounts on Spotify just to be able to still <laughs> listen to music. Is uh, that like the, uh, the the double experience time and a good MMO? Like we spend some time yeah. away from it and come back and right. level up quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, thankfully at, at some point they didn't even really announce it Um at least not in the app. I wasn't following their blog or anything. But at some point it was just, wait, I've been listening to a lot of music now. Um, can I still listen? Yes, yes, I can still listen. That's good. But uh, at the same time, the amount of ads were really, yeah, they were increased. Maybe maybe it had to do with that when they launched in Germany that they didn't have all the, the all those ads that were specifically targeted to Germany. So they had to limit the time somehow. Yeah. So some of Spotify's actual announcements, um, they announced uh, video content. So they're, they're catching up with Tidal um, and having music videos and uh, also music and video shows. So basically like podcasts or, or video podcasts. And uh, that's that's interesting development right there. I wonder if Bits and Pieces could be a real show on Spotify. Um we can find that out. That would be cool. I mean, we're doing a music podcast. Where else could we fit? I've I've seen just in this trailer that they scrolled through this list of shows, and there were some podcasts that I knew. So it has to really be just regular podcasts there. And this was a podcast that wasn't music specific. So I think yeah. they just uh, want want to be one of the one of the libraries for mu uh, for podcasts. Then, which I'm okay with because uh, so far we always have to rely on iTunes and especially as a Windows user, you don't want to use iTunes. <laughs> you really don't. I just love, so yeah. I started the video on this article and it's as hipster as possible right off the bat of just like this washed out Instagram footage of happy people yeah. in the street, just like, yeah, music. <laughs> um, th though I didn't see a rolling around in bed waking up. Like we saw, um, there is the a days. there's a lying together with your significant other in bed and looking at your phone. Oh, yep, just got to it. So gotta love these promo videos. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's this question here of which I think we should both answer is: uh, Do you actively consume music videos anymore? Um, I usually only 
watched them the f when when they come out when when uh, an artist has announced that they've got a new music video i watch it like one or two times and after that it's more yeah i want to listen to the music um i mean i've got two monitors here i can pull up the video and the other monitor and still work on on my first monitor but it kind of distracts you so yeah. i'm and and i'm i don't have my my tv running anymore next to me where you could have mtv running all day if they were actually playing music still and I just found that most of the time it's it's really got to do with I can't let myself be distracted by this now and the music suffice. So I'm not really big into music videos anymore, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's usually when like a video itself has its own merits of being really interesting. Like there was a video, I can't remember who it was, I'll have to look it up, but uh, it was shot in a single shot and it's like they, they drove in a minivan across a bunch of people and they shot at like 1200 frames per second or something like insanely fast rate. Ah, uh, yeah, I saw that on Reddit. Yeah, you probably saw this video too. And then like, there's just all this crazy stuff, fireworks going off and people like the bag of money exploding or I don't remember a whole bunch of weird stuff. As the, We're going to add those to the show notes. Yeah. Um, if you can track down who it is, I'll explain it. But it was just like the, the whole video was one song and they, they did, they had some production tricks to put the singer in the shot actually singing along. But the, everything in the background was just super slow mo and, uh, just got more interesting the further you went along. So you can check our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 17 to check out these, this video among other things. So Spotify now with music videos and shows, and also they announced that they are going to produce original content. So this is what is kind of like Netflix to me is like, ah, the labels, you know, got us pinned down. So we gotta, we gotta have some leverage, have, have some, something that sets us apart, which uh, apparently Tidal couldn't accomplish with their own roster of, of artists releasing their no. singles. <laughs> but I mean, they are all bound, they are all bound to, to other labels. And I think. As much as the artists want to want to support Tidal really from their heart, I think they are still bound to their labels to say, nope, you're still releasing on our terms, not on their terms. Yeah. Um, but with this original content exclusive kind of stuff, I think we've seen this play out countless times in video games. Um, you know, Sony makes their own first party games, Microsoft makes their own and and just trying to, to make your platform special and um the remains to be seen is will there be Spotify fanboys that are all excited about their exclusives and, <laughs> and yell at the across the aisle to title or whatever Apple comes out with? Well, it still depends on on the genre that that's being published there. I mean, I can be a Netflix fan all I <clears throat> all I want if they are only producing rom coms. I'm still not going to watch those. <laughs> so if Spotify just has a bunch of ska music, you won't you won't be excited. No, no, probably not. I do like this uh, saved you a click uh, tweet. So if you if you if you don't follow saved you a click, they're uh, really good at doing what they said they do. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 just the headline. The headline says, "Did Spotify just become a record label?" And half halfway through the article, you will find, well, it's a bit of a push. <laughs> it's this typical thing of uh, we're asking a question in the title, and um, it's a bit clickbaity, but. Um, Still interesting thing that now we're getting exclusive Netflix. I was about to say Netflix, Spotify music there, and yeah, let's let's wait for for what kind of things they're they're recording there. I mean, they can ask me if they want. Hey guys, Spotify, if you're listening, um, 
I can record really cheaply and you don't have to pay me a lot of money and you can release it and I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, I also wonder if it'll be like, will they have a roster of artists or will it be like, oh, we got Tom York to release one special song that's like an extra song, a B-side that's only on Spotify. Yeah, pro probably like um, that. I mean, I think it, it will be enough marketing if you can always say, yeah, we've got this one song. Yeah. It's um, probably like those live sessions they always did with iTunes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure the internet will not find a way to, to make those songs available somewhere else. No, no. How, how could you? It's technically <laughs> impossible. Uh, Just because something's on my screen or th going through my speakers, how, how should I be able to record that? <laughs> and some more Spotify. Um And that's that's that gonna be it with Spotify this week. So there's this little app somebody put together called Forgotify, and Forgotify supposedly plays you tracks at random that have never been played on Spotify before. And you you already tried it out, and you've got some interesting results there. Yeah, well, I was just fascinated. So uh, yeah, I went to Forgotify and I hit play, and uh, it pulled up this track called Trolley Go, Trolley Go, and uh, I was just it, it, it sounds like an Indian. Um, maybe a folk song of theirs. I don't know. Um, I tried to research it and I found that this song has been performed by dozens and dozens of people. So it must be famous in India, like some, some just classic hundred year old song or something. And, uh, I tried, cause I was trying to track down like, who is this artist? And it was just impossible. And so I, I was almost thinking this could be a good segment where uh, maybe we try to do this live when we record and just react to it. Um, But I already, I already paved the road and tried this song out. And uh, while I don't think we should put Choli Go into our real Bits and Pieces Spotify playlist, maybe we can have a, a Forgotify playlist that we, we dump our, our randoms of the week into. Yeah. I just got some random sonata number three, act four. <laughs> so probably a lot of classic that you're going to find there. Probably not the new Taylor Swift album. <laughs> Probably not. For, for many reasons in this case. <laughs> yeah, and another interesting, not really an app, but um, somebody made a software or music production software where you could produce very, very dynamic songs in the, in, in the sense that usually it's like this. If you try to speed up or speed down a song, um, slow down a song, I mean, a lot of DJs have to do that for their sets, like beat matching and, and getting it all right. Um, the problem has always been that everything is going to be pitched up or pitched down. And especially with the vocals, you will always be noticing that. Now, some people, some people, uh, use that as an effect. They, they, uh, there's a lot of electronic dance music that has high pitched vo female vocals. And I, I really can't stand those. So this app <laughs> is going to be my savior here. Um, so with this with this software, you can produce music that can be shifted up and shifted down in speed, however you like, because at some point, at some some cross points there, it's going to fade into a different instrumental track that was recorded in a different speed. And I mean, with MIDI, if you're using synthesizers and MIDI, that's not a problem at all. But for recorded instruments, that that's the point where yeah. you would have to actually re-record at certain speeds, and then it crossfades between the two. So you will always get at whatever speed you listen to, you will get something that's actually listenable and doesn't sound like the chipmunks or something else. 
and um, they've they've had this trailer where, of course, the typical use case for that is you, if you're running and you've got a wearable on your wrist and it detects your heartbeat, it knows how fast you're going, then the song would actually speed up with you or slow down with you if you're taking a break. And I gotta say, the way it sounds in this in this um, in this commercial. Although I don't like the song, I can really say yes. This effect is working. I think it worked really well in 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 this. Yeah, I mean it's it's electronic music. It's easier to do with that, but I can actually really um yeah I, I can see myself using that. If I mean I I'm not I'm not going for for a run outside and but just to play around with it, I can really imagine doing that. Yeah, and it, to me, it's it's very clearly like taking responsive web design as like a metaphor for what if yeah. we had responsive music that had breakpoints where like the the way the song worked would reconfigure to work better at a slower speed right um it's fascinating and uh, one of the guys uh, the co-founders of this was uh, uh i forget his last name but lars from google maps fame um right though he's not with google anymore i also noticed they didn't bother mentioning he was also google wave uh, guy, oh. um, maybe because <laughs> that about Google Wave. <laughs> maybe because that didn't exactly take off for Google. But yeah. um, no, this seems interesting, and I also like the they they seem really focused on the artist being heavily involved in this and it being a tool for creative creativity and not just for accommodating listeners. Yeah, um, seems yeah like because you still need need a song specifically made for this. Yeah. So I guess you would have to have an app that actually works with this. But in this app, you would have a slider for the BPM and get some real dynamic things out of it. And in this trailer, there was uh, were a few scenes where somebody was skiing down a slope. And just the idea that I had was now if you could actually measure the distance that you had from the ground and you make a jump, there should be a high pass filter that's that's closing up slowly. So you get this instant SSX tricky effect. Yeah, I always <laughs> loved that. Yeah, I do think like these are just some of those little glimpses that like it may not sound like a big deal to you now, like oh, breakpoints yeah. for different BPMs, but like this is how technology is going to like create forms of music that we really couldn't have imagined before. Yeah. Technology, video games could really profit from something like this. I mean, we've already got a lot of dynamic music. We've talked about this about um, how sometimes instrument layers are slowly built up depending on what's happening. But imagine if you just had the same soundtrack, but it would speed up or slow down depending on the situation in the video game. I think we're going to see that in a few years. Yeah, or just in Max Payne, when you go into slow-mo mode, it would just play yeah. a really slow version of the song. Yeah, but it wouldn't sound shitty because we have this Weave app yeah. to, uh, Weave to do this. Or even just uh, some of the dynamic ways, like if uh, you're playing Silent Hill... Well, we won't get the Kojima version apparently, but if you're playing like yeah. a well-crafted horror game that is reacting to your your heartbeat and you know sort of switching up the stressfulness of the music. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on this. So maybe some someday they're going to release something like an RP, so you can build these these effects into other things. I mean, they they would have to have a special codec. You can't just uh, throw wave files in there. Yeah. Um, but if at some point they, you can actually release, uh, download a library to work with this kind of music, I, I could see myself using it a little bit. And something else I, I 
noticed when I listened back to our, I, I was editing our last episode and my pick of the week last week was Letter to My Son from Block Party. And um, I was listening to it on Spotify and Spotify has this um, app in it where you can actually see the lyrics scrolling by depending on where, at, at which part of the song you are. And at the, the end of the song, I noticed that the lyrics didn't really match with what I had expected or more or less that I was used to with this song. And then I remembered, yeah, it's led to my son. Nobody really knows what those lyrics are at the end. And um, I've got, just as an example, I've got here pulled up three different versions of the of the last segment of the song. Um, so the first one is, all my letters, I'm too young to be the father to a son. And then the next one is, I leave it on to them to be a father to a son. <laughs> and the third one is, oh, Malana, I'm too young to be the father to a son. <laughs> it just sounds so dramatically different when you just read them plainly. Yeah, and and so in in one of them we have a name that wasn't mentioned anywhere in the song before, and then in the others it's I, I so the the one that I is I found the most was I leave it unto them to be a father to a son, which is funny because when I looked for those lyrics a few years back when I discovered this song I've never found this line anywhere. So now I'm thinking that some at some point he must have given an interview and released the official lyrics and now they've uh, distributed through the internet. Um, but I was actually used to, um, I don't even remember what I was used to anymore. It was something completely different there, but none of these were what I, which I expected. And even in the end, then he, um, it goes on with forgive me, Oscar, forgive me, autumn. <laughs> and this one doesn't even have to have this part in there. So, um, it's, it's this, this thing of maybe it's a name, maybe it's, um, okay. Autumn can also be a name. Um, but I just found it funny that nobody really knows what he's singing there. It's, I mean, it's it's really hard to tell from the way this song is mixed at the end because the the, the instrumental parts are drowning out the vocals. And I usually like that when when the vocals aren't really the main focus at all, all the time. But yeah, it does uh, make it harder to understand the lyrics, especially if if. if as for me, English is not your native language. Um, I always have to have this extra step. And I, I remember that when I when I started to learn English, there was this um, more or less breakthrough when I was able to understand what somebody says on TV, like in a usual, uh, in a regular tone, in a regular speed. And then at this, at some point, I noticed I can actually understand the lyrics in a song, or so I hoped. And it turns <laughs> out that at some points I didn't. Because I have this other example here from one of your songs, Save It For The Melons, where um, thankfully you also got the lyrics on your Bandcamp page. But the first few times I listened to it, there's this line that I always understood that as, um, they'll slip my throat, change your shirt and see. <laughs> uh, we, should, we should just play that segment right here, right now. Yeah. And uh, as, as you probably discovered when you looked at the lyrics, it's uh, things you shouldn't see. Yeah, at least which that, makes a lot of more sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I could I could see that. Just change your shirt and see things you shouldn't see. Like, yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and uh, I, I saw you have you have the word here. Monda greens is a uh, uh, the one of the terms for mishearing 
audio, I'm mishearing what yeah. people are saying. And uh, my biggest example would be the Kiss song, Rock and Roll All Night. Because um, the, the first line is, I want to rock and roll all night and then and party every day. And uh, I always hear, and part of every day. <laughs> Which, yeah, let's rock and roll all night and part of the day. <laughs> But we, we have a schedule to... to <laughs> yeah, to. I got some things to do, man. <laughs> Yeah. So, so if you listen, have any any examples like that? Any Monday Greens or some some lyrics that just nobody can tell what they are? Uh, please send those in, and we're going to maybe reference those in the in, in the next episode, and maybe play a few segments of those tracks, so we can all um, have a guess at what's actually being sung. <laughs> all right. Shall we go to pick of the week? <laughs> Right, we should do that. And I think you should start first. All right, I'll start first. Um, uh, the song I picked this week was actually something I discovered okay. using Spotify's uh, shuffle, like, you know, play me something um, mode. Uh, it was probably a year or two ago. And uh, I was just browsing through. Um, so through Spotify radio, I, I would just every once in a while I'd hear a song I'd like and I would heart it, I think is the what happens on Spotify. And so it, it keeps a playlist for you of anything you've hearted. And uh, so I was just looking through that list and I remembered this song um, and I hadn't returned to it. And so I uh, so the song is uh, by Johnny Flynn and he now plays with a band um, and he's a, a South African artist. He's also an actor. Um, and the song is called The Rote and the Writ. And uh, let's just hear a little bit. They're taking pictures of the man from God. Hope his cassocks clean. Burden of being a holy fellow. Your halo better gleam, better gleam. What of all those wayward priests? The ones who like to drink. Do you suppose it's what the blood for wine? So this song is just delightful to me, and uh, it gives me a, a heavy uh, Kinks vibe. I could I could hear the Kinks having written this song, um, but you know his voice is good. The lyrics are really interesting, and uh, the the way he plays guitar uh, with he, he has all these hammer-ons, and um, you know it's a pretty simple chord progression, but it's played with so much. Um, feeling that it just uh it just overpowers what would be a pretty standard progression so um tell me a little bit about your reaction to this um i i also like this about the song that it, it kind of jumps around between being a very happy song and being very sad at the same time or at least sad sounding and that's always something you can get me with And also, yeah, the guitar work is really superb. I, I really love those kinds of guitar playings where it's just a lot of things going on, a lot of, so if I had to sit down and actually learn it there, that would be, that would be a long process to, to actually find out everything that's happening there. And especially if you know, as you just said, that there were a lot of hammer-ons going on. So you would, ha you always have to think differently if there's some technique involved instead of just, um, plucking the string at, at some certain note there. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a complex song for me to go back and listen to it a, a lot just to find something new in there. But also if you just blur, the, blur all this out, it's just on the surface, uh, a song that you can feel sad with, you can feel happy with. It's just right for every situation. Yeah. Right? 
And I think uh, kind of like with Jeremy Enix explained, it sounds like a song that could have been written any time in the last 40 years. Yeah. And maybe it's it's got a little more of a retro vibe than the Enix song did, but um, yeah. just superbly done. Well done. Yeah. So tell me about your pick of the week. My pick of the week is Tortoise and Bonnie Prince Billy with the song Thunder Road, a cover from a song that actually is from Bruce Springsteen and... I, I re- remembered back when I discovered Tortoise and listened through their whole discography. Um, there were a few albums that I really didn't listen to a lot. And this was from The Brave and the Bold, a cover album they did together with Bonnie Prince Billy. And um, I have to admit that at the time I didn't know any of the songs that they covered there. So for me, that was the first exposure to those songs. And I, I Thunder Road was the one that I really liked from the start. So I listened to it a few times. I couldn't stop listening. And at some point I, I remembered, wait, this is cover album, cover album. Let me let me actually listen to the original. And this is the point where it gets interesting now because I have to say that I don't like the original at all. It's for me, it's just a very stale song. It's it has nothing that really grabs me, and this this version by by Tortoise is just brilliant. It's progressive in a way. It's it's in minor, and um, <laughs> well, I, I think the that. way they the the lyrics and the, the they are delivered. I think there's a lot more structure in there in this way. Yeah. So let's just hear a little bit of this, uh, so everybody can get used to the way this version sounds, and then. Then you're gonna have your turn and shit all over me. Yeah, so um, I, I'll fully admit right up front that if if you had never heard the original song, like there's there's sort of nothing you can do to change someone's first experience with a song, and so they're just always going to be coming from, well, this is what I started with. Um, yeah. Also, I can understand if people just aren't into Bruce Springsteen and his bombastic, over the top, larger than life kind of musical style. Um, <laughs> but to me, Thunder Road is this sprawling like energetic 70s classic of just like this enthusiastic explosion and that that's what Springsteen was really doing there and they're like there's just so much he's trying to say and he's just spitting it all out and I think even just that era of Springsteen like you could tell like he's got something to prove and he's writing all these stories and characters and it's all just blowing out and like so there's like these big keyboard parts and you got Max Weinberg on the drums and like this huge bombastic saxophone and so even if you like kind of hate all that um insane like circus of noise that goes into it (laughs) um it's just kind of astonishing and this was like well let's put it in a minor key and kind of like tone it down and kind of like shuffle through it and and groove it and uh it just seemed like so opposite the spirit of the original song to me um, that it, it was just something entirely different. And it's not that I thought Tortoise and Bonnie Prince Billy's song was a bad song. It just felt kind of unrecognizable to me. And so 
that's where I'm coming from. And, and like, and I mean, I get, that's sort of a bigger question is like, what, you know, what do you look for in a cover? What kinds of covers are satisfying and interesting? And I mean, of course, sometimes completely disregarding the original is kind of uh, a really interesting way to cover something. And I, I even recall like Sufjan Stevens covering, uh, the Beatles and uh, I forget which song was that. Um, but he, he very greatly disregarded the original song <laughs> and it kind of just meanders its own way in, in all these different places. And, uh, so, um, that's sort of my take is that it just seemed so very different that it, it kind of had nothing to do with the original Springsteen song. And maybe that's why you liked it. Cause it had nothing yeah. to do with Springsteen. <laughs> I think that was my main criteria. <laughs> um, but I will say that, so I, I listened through the whole song and then afterwards it, it YouTube auto played another track from this cover album. And it was a cover of Elton John's Daniel. And, uh, I have to say, I really love this cover and maybe because I don't really like Elton John. So maybe I'm in the same position <laughs> yeah. you were in, but, uh, the 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 way this cover of Elton John sounds is just um it was just fantastic and so clearly these these are very skilled musicians that have very interesting things to do with music um it was just in the case of Springsteen I just couldn't get into their cover one of these days Mike one of these days so that's it with episode 17 of Bits and Pieces. As always, you can find those show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 17, where you can also find our Spotify playlist, with which we've mentioned a few times on the show. And while you're there, you can subscribe to us. You can subscribe through iTunes. You've got this little iTunes button there, but you can also subscribe with your favorite podcatcher that you've got available, which on iOS is just the regular podcast app that is, that is served to you by Apple. So get that out of your, of your junk drawer of apps <laughs> you never use and get us in there. And on Android, you can use, um, Overcast or you can use Podcast Addict, which is actually free. And we also like feedback, so you can tweet, uh, you can tweet at us on Twitter at Echolocks, that is me, and at Medwitz Music, that is Mike. And you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And one of the reward levels there is getting a shout out on our show. So here's a shout out to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. Thank you for your support. You're amazing. Yes. All right. See you next week. <laughs>